Couple Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempt from registration requirements. I wish that our stock market were as honest as every casino I go into. The gambling propensity is strong in people to do mathematically unintelligent things. Welcome to Libel on Fire with Libel Sternbach, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams as fast as possible with as little stress as possible. Libel Sternbach is the author of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity. Libel's advice has been featured in countless publications, including Reader's Digest, USA Today, Yahoo Finance, CNN Business, Investment News, and and Market Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Libel on Fire. Hi again, everybody. I'm Freddie Bell, and welcome to Libel on Fire. And with me is Amazon's best-selling author of the two books, Living with Financial Anxiety, and the book entitled Authenticity. And if you're talking about investment, if you're talking about your money, if you're talking about retirement, you need to be talking and listening to Leibold Sternbach, hello and welcome back, sir. Hey, how are you doing today? Unbelievable. And I'm excited to talk about uh, our topic today because I know that it will hit a lot of people right between the eyes. And we're talking about investing for retirement. And that's really a big deal, especially now. So, Leibold, do you think, first of all, that there is uh, such a thing as winning when it comes to investing? And we're talking about investing for retirement. So... I think that I think when it comes to retirement, I think we need to not think about winning. Um, I think what we need to think about is is achieving our goals, right? Um, I think that when we focus on winning or losing, it can be easy. It, we can easily get caught up in the hype of the market, and we can get caught up in you know in all the noise that's out there that's just screaming for our attention. And what we need to really focus on is, is what is happening going to help us achieve our goals or is it going to hurt us from, you know, impede us from achieving our goals? And as long as we're moving in the right direction, as long as we've got a plan, then who cares what's happening in the market, right? (laughs) Who cares whether somebody is winning or losing? What matters is, you know, what we're looking to accomplish and will we have a roof over our head, food on the table, you know, be able to splurge on the grandkids. That's really important. So we're talking with Leibel Sternbach and we're talking about investing and retirement and so forth. So can you talk about the factors, Leibel, that you think are important if we're not really focused on winning? What factors are important, though, when we're talking about choosing what to invest in for retirement? Uh, in an earlier show, you talked about uh, high risk, low reward, uh, people ta- people taking on a lot of risk because they've got the time. What should we be thinking about when it comes to investing for retirement right now? So there, just to recap what we've this, uh, said over uh, in previous shows, and I'm going to keep repeating this over and over again. There are really, there are two things that we can control when it comes to investments and those two things will affect everything. And it really is this simple. Anyone who tries to make it more complicated 
that is the biggest red flag to you telling you that they don't understand how the markets work. Mm -hmm. They don't understand what they're doing and that they're buying into the hype in one form or another. And and there's hype on both sides. There there are people who are very against investing in the markets and there are people who are, you know, all for it. And you really shouldn't be on either side of those. Um, But the, the two factors that we can control We can control how much risk we have of losing our money, of our money going to zero. So we can control that. And then we can control how much time are we giving up access to our money, right? And the more that we give up access to our money, that's also referred to as time horizon, right? So the longer we can wait for the return on our investment, the greater our chances of return. And the more risk we take on, the greater our chances of return. And those are the only two factors, right? So if somebody shows you something and they say, and it looks like it has really great returns and really low risk, then either you're giving up time or it's pretend. And that's just how it is. So when we talk about factors, right? It's how much risk, how much am I risking giving going to zero? Mm -hmm. How much time am I giving up? And then there's another factor that we need to look at. And this is a non-financial, non-numerical you know, numerical number. And that's our personal, our personal peace of mind, right? Because you could have an investment that does everything that you want it to do. But if it's, you know, going all over the place and it, it looks like, you know, a heart tracing on, you know, uh, Grey's Anatomy or something, <laughs> you're, you're not going to be able to sleep at night. Right? I, I don't care who you are, unless you're a psychopath, um, you aren't going to be able to sleep with that, those ups and downs. And so you need to create for yourself, you need to create for yourself a consistent system that produces the returns that you need with a risk and volatility, volatility being the ups and downs, that is something you can live with. And there are no right or wrong answers of what that should look like or what that what it takes to do. Um, there are only the math of, you know, risk and time horizon. So you're tailoring it to meet that uh, individual investor. We're talking with Leibel Sternbach, and we're talking about investing for retirement. So with that as a backdrop, Can you talk about what people mean when we hear about you should be diversified? So diversification is this idea that, and and it's mathematics, right? We're we're talking about math and statistics. So if I am, if I own an apple orchard, right? um, And all of my work and effort and money is tied up in apples and something were to happen, right? It rains too much. There's a storm, right? My entire net worth can be wiped out. So what I would want to do, right, is I would want to split my money between, let's say, you know, apples and something that would be the complete opposite of apples, some other type of thing. So let's say real estate, right? If something were to happen to an apple orchard, it probably would not affect the prices of real estate. So now I'm going to split my money between, you know, 50% I'm going to put in apples and 50% I'm going to put in owning apartment buildings. And so if something were to happen to one of those investments, I still have half my money. And what ends up happening is, you know, if if one of my investments is up by 10% and one is down by, you know, 5%, well, I'm still up 5%, right? Because 
of the math that's involved in there. Uh, if I'm up 10% on one and down 10% on the other, well, they neutralize each other. And I, now I have a 0% loss. And that in its simplest form is diversification. It's spreading your risk around so that no one thing can hurt you, right? It's, it's the, that adage of don't keep all your eggs in one basket. That is what we want to do with diversification. We want to spread our risks out so that if something happens to our one basket, we do not get killed. We do not have to start from zero. Is there ever a time when diversification is not a smart thing to do? So there's something called diversification. And I talk about this in depth in my course. Um, but diversification is when you do things that you think are diversifying you. But in reality, you're just concentrating your risk. And so you think that, you know, I have five different types of eggs and five different types of baskets. So therefore, I'm protected. But in reality, because of the baskets you've chosen, they actually have a compounding effect. And you really only have two different types of baskets and two types of eggs. Or maybe you even only just have one type of basket and one type of egg, but they're different colors, so you think you're diversified. And the crazy thing about this is that it happens all the time because there is a lack of transparency in the industry. Right? And it's not that the information isn't out there for you to find. It's just not easily accessible. Um, something I say over and over again is the definition of a profession is that there is a barrier to entry, right? They, you, that a Joe Schmo off of the street can't just become an advisor. What do we have? We have a hundred question exam to stop them, but it's just a hundred questions. Anyone can pass that. So what do we do? We call things by a million different names <laughs> so that it becomes confusing. And it becomes difficult for the average investor to really tell what they're owning. And so you got to be able to know where to look and how to look so that you know, am I actually diversified or do I have something that is actually increasing my risk? Interesting. So with all these different terms, all the different uh, vehicles that you can use for investment. So how do you how do you determine then what's the right investment for you? There isn't really a determining the right investment. What it is, is balancing the factors, right? It's, you need to start with the end in mind. So it's, uh, what do I need as a return on my money? Um, because you should have a retirement plan. You should have an idea of what you need your money to grow. And then, and, and the answer could be as quickly as possible, but you want an answer to that question. And then you work backwards and you're like, okay, how, what can I invest in that will give me that kind of return? And those are easy numbers to find out, right? We can see what something has historically done. And then you kind of just combine it together, right? You combine high risk things with low risk things and you, you just balance it out so that you're, the risk that you're taking on is a risk level that you're comfortable with. And it has a high chance of giving you the results that you want. Now, here's the great thing, right? 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you probably needed, you know, advanced training to be able to pull something like that off. Nowadays, you can buy a single mutual fund or buy two or three mutual funds, and they will do all the work for you. 
you just need to know when you go shopping that this is what I'm looking for. Interesting. Everybody, Leibold Sternbach is with us, and we're talking about investing for retirement. So you, you talked about the right uh, investment for an individual. Is there a right time for investing for retirement? Uh, yesterday. Yesterday is always the right time. <laughs> um, Thanks a lot, Live. Well, I feel better now. Yeah, uh, I, I actually stole that one. Um, who was it? I think it was Merrill Lynch that's running there. And, and, and that's what it is. The, the best time to invest is yesterday. Um, but, but that really is the truth, right? It's whenever you invest, right, you want to invest as often as possible um, and as, as frequently as possible. When it comes to retirement, what we want to be aware of, right, is not the are we invested or not, it's are we taking on appropriate investments? Do we have a plan for how we're going to turn our investments into an income stream? When we're working and we're earning money and we can replenish our savings and the market goes down 20%, that's a sale for us, right? We can now invest more money, we're buying it at a lower price. You know, we can we can take on a side job. We can take on extra hours at work. We can come cut back expenses to be able to, you know, weather that 20 percent correction or that 40 percent correction. When we get into retirement or as we get closer to retirement and we start to liquidate our assets and live off of them, all of a sudden we need to make sure that we have a plan for how we're selling those assets. Right. And so the question isn't you know, when's the best time to invest? The best time to invest is always. The question is, is how do we make sure that when we're divesting, when we're, you know, selling our assets, that we're selling it in a way that doesn't hurt us long term, right? Uh, sequence of return, which we've talked about in previous shows, Google it on my website. I've got multiple guides about this, multiple articles. Sequence of return is real right now. When the market is down, you do not want to lock in those losses and accelerate them by taking out money at the same time because now you're making your money have to work even harder it's like being in a car going downhill right and if you're going downhill and you go slowly downhill your car is going to have to work even harder to go back up the hill whereas if you accelerate when you're going down you're going to be able to use the, keep that momentum to go back up and that's really what the stock market is Right. Everyone gets scared when the market is going down and they start putting on the brakes and you hear people of doing that. Oh, I don't want to take on the risk. Right. And it's scary if you've ever ridden a bicycle down a hill. Right. You know, the faster you're going, you start to feel out of control. But anyone who has written and not hurt themselves knows that the secret to going downhill is to make sure that you maintain a speed where you maintain control, but maintain that speed so that you go have that going up the mountain, right? Up up that hill. Because if you don't maintain that speed, now all of a sudden you're working a million times harder to, to go back up. And unfortunately in retirement, we may not have the ability, we may not have the stamina, we may not have the strength to make it up the hill. Makes a lot of sense. That's liable. He's on fire. And if you'd like more information, you can go to yields4u.com. We'll be back with more right after this. Thanks for listening to this episode of Libel on Fire. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them on our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. 
And if you would like a free signed copy of Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Now, back to Libel on Fire. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to Libel on Fire. I'm Freddie Bell, and with me is Amazon's best-selling author of Living with Financial Anxiety and also the author of Authenticity. We've been talking about investing for retirement. I got a question from one of our listeners, and they're asking this, and it's a statement. I want to make money, but Libel, I don't want to lose it all, too. Do I have any options? Yes, there are options. If you want to invest and you don't want to lose your money, right? If you want to invest in the market and you don't want to lose it all, right? You have two factors that you can control, right? Think of these as levers or knobs. Um, And and by dialing these in, you will be able to set how much risk or how much potential loss you're comfortable with and be able to dial in the return that you want. And the first one is risk of loss. Right. So you can choose to invest in things that have a higher risk of loss versus a lower risk of loss. And the the spectrum on that is anywhere from people contractually uh, are contractually obligated to give you your principal back. So simplest form, right? Uh, Bank CD. Bank CD, you will always get your initial money back. Uh, bonds, right? You give a bond, you buy a bond, and at the end of the bond, whether it's five years, 10 years, whenever it matures, you're going to get your principal back. Um, with a bank, if the bank goes bankrupt, you'll get you know, insurance payouts, FDIC. With a bond, you'll be able to participate in the bankruptcy proceedings and get the money from the company when it liquidates and sells. You won't get all your money back, but you will get some of your money back. How much of your money is at risk? How much you'll be able to get back? What's the chances of losing your money? That's really a spectrum, right? Just like we have, you know, what's it like 90% of startups fail within the first two years. Well, when we're thinking about, you know, companies that we can invest in or that we can loan our money to, you have a spectrum, you have a spectrum of risk. You can invest it in brand new companies that are startups and have a huge amount of risk of failure. Or you can invest it in companies like IBM that have been around for over 100 years and probably are not going anywhere. They're not going to make you know, massive profits. They're not going to, you're not going to get huge returns. But at the same time, they're not going to go bankrupt overnight. And even if they do go bankrupt, the chances of your money going to zero are kind of nil, right? Because because they own so many physical assets, because they have so many investors, because they're so integrated into so many aspects of society that if they were to go, to go bankrupt, it would hurt so many people mm-hmm. that there's going to be protections around them, right? So you can very much dial it in. The other thing that you can dial in is how long are you willing to give up your money for, right? The longer you're willing to get, to wait for your return, the greater of a return you can get. And that's a spectrum as well, right? Let's take day traders, right? Day traders, they don't give up their money for any period of time, right? It's literally the, for a few hours, they'll give up their money. And 
if they want to make any kind of significant return, right? Because for the vast majority of days, the market doesn't move very far. Mm-hmm. So in a single day, right? I, I think it's the average movement in a single day is under 3%. A 3% return on your investment in a single day isn't a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. So in order for a day trader to make any kind of money, they, they have to invest either millions and tens of millions of dollars or they need to take on a huge amount of risk and they need to turn $1 into $20 or into $5. And they do that by borrowing. They do that by using risky products that have leverage built into them so that they're no longer investing in the company. They're investing in a thing of the company or a bet of a bet of a bet on the company. Mm. So much so that the speculation that day traders take on is actually codified in law as not being gambling because by its very definition of what they do, it meets the definition of gambling and would be illegal. Interesting. So you've been doing this for a while, Liable. What mistakes do you see most often when people are investing for retirement? The biggest mistake that I see people making when they're investing for retirement, and it really goes into two categories. Category number one is not understanding the risks that they're taking on. And so very common, I'll find that people will diversify themselves across different companies. And so they'll have, you know, a small amount of money at Fidelity and a small amount of money at TD and a small money amount of money at their local credit union. And they spread their money around with different managers. And they think that by doing that, they're diversifying. And so their risk of loss is less. But because each one of these people are managing the money independently and oftentimes with very little instructions, they end. what ends up happening is they either end up taking on excessive risk or not enough risk. And you end up with a portfolio that just doesn't do what you want it to do. And either you end up losing a lot of money or it ends up not growing at all. Um, you also end up missing out a lot of opportunities that would be available to you. Uh, So that's mistake number one. Mm -hmm. The other category of mistake that I see is people not not taking on risk. So they they get very conservative and they're like, well, I should be a 60-40 because that's what everyone says, or I should be 50-50. And they start listening to this advice in the media. And because they're afraid of losing money, they don't invest their money aggressively enough in a way that will grow with inflation, that will grow with their cost of living, that will grow to accommodate what they need over their lifetime. And so they end up actually going backwards without even realizing it. And so what you really need in retirement, you need to have a plan. It doesn't have to be a complex plan, but it has to be a plan that accounts for your entire household as a whole, all of your money, and that takes on the appropriate level of risk for you. You want a risk, a level of risk that will provide the returns that you need and produce the income you need in retirement. So to avoid those types of mistakes, what kind of mindset do you need to have in addition to that plan to make it easier for you to be really successful in investing and especially for retirement? The mindset that you need to have going into this is that it's not hard. It's not complicated. Mm -hmm. And I just, I need to take the time to understand what I am doing and why I'm doing it. Mm 
Because until you have that clarity, you will always be making you will always be making poor choices. That's that is just a fact. Um, and and if you know somebody who who uh, has seems to have made good choices, it's by accident and it's sheer luck. And you can't count on luck in retirement. All right. So talk about the discipline then, Libel, that you need when you're doing this. You know, I, I'm thinking about. Uh, a friend of mine who says he's always a passenger when his wife is driving, and he mm-hmm. says uh, it seems it's better when I'm driving from the passenger side, but his wife is always saying, take take your hand off the wheel. Do we need to just to take our hands off the wheel? I don't think so. Um, I don't think it's about taking your hands off of the wheel. I think it's about, I think it's about learning how to use cruise control. Ah, how do yeah. you mean? Talk about that. So... So something that I, you hear me say all the time, finance is simple. It's not complicated. Um, and we have these great tools out there. Um, and, and, and I mean, using the analogy of a car, right? Every car comes equipped with cruise control these days. But if you don't know how to use it, you're going to be scared and you're never going to turn it on mm-hmm. or you're going to turn it off too quickly. So what you need to do, right? You need to, it's not about becoming you don't need to become a expert defensive driver, right? That, that's what people will have you believe that if you want to drive, you need to become an expert at driving, right? And we send kids to driver's ed, right? And doing all these things. You, you don't need to become an expert in driving. What you need to become an expert in is turning on cruise control and knowing when to turn it off, right? If you can become an expert user in cruise control, when we live in a world with, you know, Tesla autopilots, you're going to be fine, <laughs> right? Just learn how to use the Tesla autopilot on your investments and learn when to use it and when not to use it. And you don't need to know anything else. So with the road signs, using that analogy, we're, we're cruising along. We are using that cruise control properly. At what point should we start uh, looking at the road signs or reviewing our investment, so to speak? So what we want in terms of reviewing the roadsides and when you should, you know, uh, whether it's taking the gas on or off, I'm, I'm going to drop a little truth bomb here. It's <laughs> it, if you are looking at the markets for when to do something and that isn't something that was planned out long ago, then you're making the wrong choice. Guaranteed. I can guarantee you you're going to hurt yourself. What you should have is as part of your plan, you should have written down and say, if the market goes down by 10% or the market goes down by 5%, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, right? Um, And that should be baked into your plan. And the truth is, is that most retirees don't even need that, right? It should be part and just a habit of once a month, I balance my checkbook, right? I, I look at my accounts and my investments are part of that. And I'm looking for opportunities where I can, you know, do tax loss harvesting or where I can rebalance my accounts and reduce some risk and increase some opportunities. And those, what I just described, sounds really complex, but it's not. It's only complex if you have, you know, someone who doesn't know what they're doing, doing it. Or when you have a committee of, you know, hundreds of people at Morgan Stanley doing it for you and they need to do activity to justify their fees. Mm -hmm. But you as yourself, 
right? You can have two positions in your account and that's all you're looking at. I mean, how hard is it to look at two line items and decide, you know, am I going to sell this or am I going to buy that, right? And you're doing it based on the numbers. Makes a lot of sense. My last question for you, we're just about out of time. How do you feel about having to rely on investments solely for retirement income and that's all you have? What do you think? I think that that is a personal choice. Um, I think I think that they're, depending on where you are and how much money you have and how much your needs are in retirement, there are lots of opportunities for non-investment income. And, you know, that, uh, again, it's a spectrum, right? You can buy a house, rent it out, VBRO uh, or Airbnb, and you can make income that way. The same thing, you can, you know, get an insurance contract, you know, an annuity and get income from that. So there's lots of opportunities. It's really about personal preference. Makes a lot of sense. And can we get more information? I know we've got your website, yieldsforyou.com, but uh, I understand you have a second uh, website that really is a course on investing for retiring? Yeah, so that's on my Yields For You website. There's a tab called Classes. And if you go on there, we've got a number of classes on retirement, on investing, um, on taxes. It's literally, you know, uh, we're building out a library of everything that you would need to know in order to retire and be financially secure in retirement. Uh, Step by step, you know, how to think of these things and go through making these decisions so that by the time you're done, the choice should seem obvious. If the choice is not obvious to you of what you should be doing, then there's something wrong with the process. Makes a lot of sense. That's Libel Sternbach. This is Libel on Fire. Join us again next time, and we'll be right here waiting for you. That's all the time we have for this episode of Libel on Fire, the financial independence and retirement show dedicated to helping you build the life of your dreams. If you have questions about today's topic, please submit them in our Facebook group at libelonfire.com slash Facebook. And if you would like a free copy of Libel's books, Living with Financial Anxiety and Authenticity, visit libelonfire.com. Thanks for listening. Koppel Advisory Solutions is an SEC-registered investment advisor and only transacts business in states where the firm is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. All investment strategies can result in profit or loss. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. Discussion should not be construed as any offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Content should not be viewed as legal or tax advice. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation.